Hi guys, this is Matt, the producer of the Investor Mindset Podcast, and we're back with another episode from the Best Of series. This week, we're taking a look back at the amazing interview that we had with the super successful and charismatic David Meltzer. We dive into emotional stories from David's past and learn how you can achieve a stronger investing mindset while reaching the goal of true internal happiness. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. How do you translate that, that, manifesting of being a vessel of having greatness come through you out into the world to give back while also while you're also worrying about where is that next check going to come from or how am I going to make this giant payment on all these properties that we have if there's some kind of issue going on yeah so you have to stabilize and then grow and so we can't ignore the pain and pain is mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and financial. First of all, we have to identify pain as an indicator. That's all it is. It's an indicator that you have a lesson to, to learn. So we have to take all of our capabilities, our skills that we have want or need, our knowledge that we have want or need, and then apply the ultimate sustainable dependent variable that makes all people successful. And that's the desire to be what you must be the desire that you must be what you can be. This desire overcomes all of the pain because you're just searching for the light, the love and the lessons and everything. And so not only do I take inventory of my values, but after I know my values, I then utilize an ask and attract strategy. It's a duality. An ask and attract strategy allows me to ask people how I can provide value or service to them that actually creates or makes room for what I want. And I use open-ended questions. You know, what are you doing today? What do you like about it? What don't you like it? Would it help you if I did this? That provides opportunity. And then illustrating radical humility by asking people, not seeing everybody like I used to see everybody as a gatekeeper. I used to pride myself and run huge sales forces and pride myself on training people to overcome objections, to overcome things. And there's gatekeepers and how do you get through the gatekeeper? Once I shifted my perspective to everybody was my sponsor. They were either a sponsor or a power sponsor. Then I could ask with humility, Hey, do you know anyone that can help me? Because a sponsor is somebody that knows someone that can help you. And a power sponsor is somebody that can help you and knows somebody that can help you. Once I lessen the resistance and could create effortless relationships and effortless value, both on what I could do to be of service or value and how I could ask for service or value from others by utilizing and leveraging their capabilities, their skills, their knowledge, and in increasing my desire by helping others, by utilizing happiness and that energy that's created. If anyone's out there that's anxious, depressed, 
even suicidal, not only should you seek professional help, go do something for somebody else. Go do a good deed. I don't care. It doesn't have to be money, right? I, I'll tell you, go get a stick and go pick up trash in your neighborhood. Watch when you come back how good you feel, right? Go, go help somebody. Call, go down your list in, in your phone and just call and say, hey, man, is there anything I can do for you? I was just thinking about you. Watch how good you feel in just a matter of minutes. That's the ask and attract in person, on the phone, via email and media, radio, print, TV, and social media. I do it every day. The difference of where I am in my life is that when I was young, most people when you asked them for help only knew a few people. They were in their golf game or their card game or the church group. Nowadays, most people know at least a thousand people. If you're asking everybody, you can bang 40,000 people and get into your network every day. That's 120,000 people in a month. That's more people than live in most counties. Yeah, it's incredible like what's possible today with the internet, with social media, with a platform to be able to reach lots of people and really be able to help serve, especially if you're, you know, you know, uh, if you're clear on what it is that you are able to ask for and you're asking and creating that space for other people to want to ask you the same thing. So there's something you talk about, uh, and it's this idea of helping empower a billion people to be happy. And you really live it. Like when I hear you talk, I can tell that you're really focused on serving others. And you talk about this idea that I, every time I hear it, I just get excited. And it's this idea of living with gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication, and how that allows greatness to come through you to serve others. Can you talk to us a little bit more about it and how you ended up discovering this? Yeah, well, I've been teaching this for 20 years, inside and outside. That's why every Friday, free training is 11 a.m. Come join me. You, you know, nothing's going to be sold to you except for those four things. Uh, but th those were what I came up with as I did an inventory way back there when I was 36 years old. I realized that number one, gratitude was the most powerful thing in the world. That gratitude made time timelessness. It made my past great, my present better, and my future even brighter. That if I could live life with a lens of gratitude, finding the light, the love, and the lesson, seeing all the pain that exists in the world as an indicator that I just had a lesson to learn, that that was the most powerful mindset, the mindset of an investor, when you can find the light, the love and the lessons and everything. What I realized, especially when I ran the sports agency where most people were not only jealous of my job, but they were jealous of all the people I represented. And they thought that there was some perfect job or some perfect world where you're so lucky. Even my wife used to say to me, you're so lucky you love what you do. I said, let me just tell you this. There's activity I get paid for and activity I don't get paid for. There is a percentage of all the activity that I do. There's a percentage that I love inherently. I don't know. Sometimes it's 1%. Other times it's 99%. But there's never 100% love. And that anyone that has activity they get paid for or activity they don't get paid for, you need to learn to love the percentage you don't inherently love. And so I started the practice of gratitude, of finding love and lessons. I found how to learn to love every single activity that I had. And that changed the entire lineage of time. It made things timeless because I enjoyed the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit of my potential. And then moving from there, forgiveness gave me peace. You know, I realized that I had created a whole bunch of interference, corrosion, ego-based consciousness that 
I had to forgive myself for. And that if I could practice ending fear, one of the five attributes of success and one of the biggest practices of life. And I'll share a quick story because this is so important to me how forgiveness comes in. Um, because people don't understand the subtlety of practicing ending fear. Uh, I, I'm a ferocious Buddha. What, what I mean by that is that I identify when I'm in fear. Fear could be the need to be right, the need to be offended, the need to be resentful, separate, inferior, superior, angry, anxious, guilty. Everybody knows these emotions. And if you're thinking about how much time, resources, and money you've lost because you have accelerated in the wrong trajectory using this ego-based consciousness, we could save the entire world 18 million times over because I've lost millions of dollars in ego-based consciousness. But the subtleties of practicing ending fear can change your life. I am ferocious. When I now identify I'm an ego-based consciousness, I use all my ferociousness to stop. Do you know how hard it is to stop when you're in an argument with your wife about being right? Or when you're offended because someone says something attacking thought about you? You know how hard it is to stop? That's ferociousness. So exactly. That's where you got to be ferocious. And then be a Buddha. Be a Buddha after you, you, you stop and lower down into neutral. Find that higher frequency, the truth. Calm down. Breathe through your nose, out through your mouth. Get clarity, balance, and focus by breathing, by being settled and calm. Then you can roll in the right trajectory. Quick story, because it will change people's lives. Uh, two ways. I'm going to teach a routine, because routine as an investor mindset is extremely important. So I have two routines, a set routine and an adaptable routine. Set routine is I live my life to wake up at 4 a.m. every day. I meditate for 20 minutes to find my, find my highest frequency so I don't live the myth of Sisyphus. I plateau and grow every day. I don't hold a boulder up to the top of the hill and let it roll down every morning. I have a high frequency because of meditation. I get ready for 10 minutes and I go to the gym for an hour. I come home at 5.30. I then from 5.30 to 6.30 do research, a student on my calendar. That means I pay attention to, I give attention to the coincidences I want of what I plan, don't plan, and sleep. Then 6.30 to 7.30, everything's off with the family. 7.30 to 8.15, I do coaching calls, and then I execute on a student of the calendar till 4.45. 4.45, I do more coaching calls, and then I have 5.30 to 7.30 time off. 7.30 to 9, research again, student on my calendar. 9 o'clock, I have a wind down routine so that I pass out before 11 o'clock. Adaptable routines just by values. I wake up a Saturday morning, 4 a.m. right on time, have a great meditation. I'm at a high, high frequency. I get ready. I walk outside. I am glowing because my energy is so high and my 17-year-old daughter's car is missing. I immediately lose the Buddha and now I am an ego-based consciousness and I grab my <laughs> phone and I'm about to say, where the F are you? Where the F is your car? And I am ferocious enough for the first time in my life in a real serious ego situation, I stop. I'm so proud of myself, I stop and I say to myself, why are you so mad? And I breathe and I realize I'm not mad, I'm terrified. I'm terrified something has happened to the most important people in my life, one of the most important people who I'm responsible for and I'm terrified. And as I calm down, I pick back up the phone and I call with a very calm voice and my daughter answers and I wake her. Where are you? I'm sleeping, Dad. Where? In my bed. Oh, where's your car? Oh, Dad, kids were drinking last night, and you told me when kids were drinking to leave my car and Uber home. Now, I'm smart enough to know what kids are drinking means. And I said, oh, okay. I said, I'm really proud of you. We'll go get it when you wake up. Sorry for waking you. She said, thanks, Daddy. I love you. Why is that so important? 
I get choked up thinking because yeah. I've ruined my life so many different times by not utilizing the practice of ending fear. And if you're going to take away something from here, listen to what would have happened. I would have called her and said, where the F are you? Where the F is your car? And she would have said, F you. You told me to do this. And I would have said, oh yeah, I'm going to take your car and your phone. And guess what? She would have said F you and hung up on me like I hung up on my dad. And guess what would have happened next? The next time kids are drinking, she would have jumped in her car. And not only may her life have changed, my life would change, but even worse, somebody else's life may have changed completely. These subtleties, one little phone call, one little ego-based trajectory of acceleration, and this happens in business and in life every day. You need to practice ending fear in order to effectuate the truth consciousness to create productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. That's where forgiveness, if you don't forgive yourself, you'll never be able to get back to center. You need to be a hypocrite and say, I'm on a journey to learn these lessons. The lessons keep on coming and I keep on learning it. Third was accountability, real simple. What did I do to attract it to myself and what am I supposed to learn from it? And then finally, effective communication is understanding the duality of communication. I'm always connected to and communicating to the greatest source of light, love, and lessons. I'm the one through ego that creates the interference and corrosion to that. As I communicate, I'm like a solar panel and a battery. I suck in all the energy, but I appreciate the energy. I'm grateful for it, forgiving for it, accountable for it, but I appreciate it. And then, like I told you earlier, I clear the connection to what it's for, to allow it to come through me, communicate to others effectively, like my daughter, right? I grab the light, I let it come through me with appreciation, and I gave it to my daughter, creating a stronger bond better decision-making, a more abundant world. And for 20 years, I've been teaching these and other types of theoretical and pragmatic advice in order to effectuate three things, making a lot of money, to help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. In other words, I teach people not only to be happy for themselves, but make other people happy to make other people happy. I used to tell people when I was a kid, I'd be a billionaire. Nobody really laughed at me. They actually thought I had the capability. When I started telling people that I was going to create a collective consciousness with over a billion people on earth to be happy, people make fun of me until they hear how I'm going to do it because I'm going to find a thousand people like you and hopefully some of the people listening that will come to my trainings on Friday and be able to empower another thousand to empower another thousand to be happy. A thousand times a thousand is a million, a million times a thousand is a billion. I'm going to do a one person at a time over my lifetime for the next 60 years if it takes me that long and I'm on my way. And when I explain it to people and they see the capabilities that I have in this direction to inspire people to do this, nobody doubts me. They don't laugh at me. They don't scoff at me. They don't make fun of me anymore. They applaud me and they join me in the effort. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to TheInvestorMindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.